Hello and welcome to the Principality of Crimson the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Prince Ben. I'm joined by Prince Mike. Hello. Princess Claire. Hey. And the man who cleans the box, Pete. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this week we're talking about the Principality of Sealand, the world's smallest, well, let's say country. State. Micro-state. Micro-state. Is it not classed as a country? It's got to say flag as well, isn't it? So They petitioned continuously. I knew nothing of this of this island's no. existence until you brought it up, Mike. Right, let's thank some new returning visitors. Let's start. Beach in Australia, Eccles in the United Kingdom, Zagreb in Croatia, Denton, Maryland, Dagenham in the UK, Utica, is that how I say it? Utica? Yeah, Ut- Utica, Michigan. Utica, Utica, Utica. Guadalajara, Spain, Bourne End in the United Kingdom, Dublin, Ireland, Scarsdale, New York, I'm into the top ten now, Memphis, Tennessee, Bengaluru, India, and Ashburn, Virginia. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, Ashburn. It's much appreciated. So let's start with Sealand. Now, the Principality of Sealand is a unique little micronation with colourful history. It's located six miles off the eastern shore of Britain, which puts it just outside of British territorial waters. Okay. Which is an interesting fact in how this country's came to still exist. Yeah, it's the main one, really. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Now, it is one of four Monsell naval sea forts deployed by Britain during World War II. The architect was called Monsell, Monsell, and the concept dates back to the Napoleonic War. The Royal Navy tried to attack Corsica and was driven off by these little round forts in the middle of the sea. And the British went, you know what? It's a fucking good idea, that is. We'll build a few of them ourselves. So we did. And then in the World War II rolled around and the enemies at the gates, we built... We went back to the idea, we, we, we revisited it and said, you know what, not a bad idea, that. Makes put- sense, doesn't it, yeah. for an island? Exactly. And they built four of these. How did they build them, man? They're, in, they're just basically just pontoon boats that have been sunk. So you've got the pontoon boat itself, two hollow concrete legs for it to stand on, pillars, and then a platform which can be added to. So yeah, it's, it's a very simple construction, you know, and they tow it into place. And just controlled sink the pontoon. Weight of the concrete pushes it down straight. I'd imagine it's a very similar principle of how they do your oil rigs and things like that. To be fair, I honestly don't know where they put them there. I have never looked into that, and I should do, really. Because I I find them quite interesting. Mm. In a nerdy, geeky kind of way. Like, wow, oil rigs. Wouldn't fancy working on that. I've got a friend that works on them. Money's meant to be great. I'd say I wouldn't mind the money. Mm. Get yeah, a good, but good bit of time off and that. He's on there for like two or three weeks at a time. Twelve yeah, hour shift yeah. on, but twelve then, hours off. But then he's off. off for two or three weeks, and then he goes back on for two or three. Weeks. It works like that, doesn't it? So it's give and take. You, you work half a year, don't you? Yeah, basically. yeah. And yeah, so there's not a lot out. to do on the rigs. No. Well, there isn't. That's why you have three weeks off when you get home. Get out yeah. of your system. It was originally called Ruff's Tower. What's now mm-hmm. Sealand? And it was used to monitor and report German mine laying in the waters of England. And during the war, during the war, during the war, it was home to 150 to 300 personnel, radar equipment, two six-inch guns, as a naval gun, six-inch caliber, not the barrel is six inches long. <laughs> so 150 to 300 people. That puts it to quite a good size, then. Really, you can't see them. what. I was questioning. Is it how hollow? Are the legs hollow yeah. and, and lived in? The legs yeah. are, are hollow, yes. So are they lived in as well then? Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think of the like the, the logistics of it kind of thing, like how they must have had to completely line the inside of the legs and things like that with something. I imagine the term well, it's concrete, isn't it? That's pretty imperious to water. Well, until over time like get eroded, but well, yeah. So you're living under the waterline. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, pressure scenarios. and things like Because yeah. obviously that's six mm-hmm. miles out, right? So that's fairly... It's fa- got to be fairly deep, isn't it? I wonder how deep that part of the sea well, is. The pressure would be held back by the concrete. Not that it? deep, because it's... It was a pontoon bridge that was sunk. So it must be fairly shallow. Yeah. We're not talking... It's a channel, isn't it? Hmm... No, six miles out is nothing really. The channel's nine, uh, what ninety? Yeah, so where, whereabouts are they? Twenty odd miles, isn't it? Twenty miles. So this is six miles out. It's 
somewhere about Sarley in conjunction with England. Like, they are literally sort of off the Thames estuary and down a bit. Okay. The west coast. East. East coast. Yeah, east. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the right, the right side. That's what I meant. Yeah, I, I was pointing the right way. I just said the wrong one. The west okay. would be facing Ireland, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, because we're west. So this yeah. sort of faces, yeah. I guess, Norway and this Holland. Would, this would be facing Holland, northern France. The sort of Atlantic Wall, where all the German planes are coming from in World War Two. So, it, so it's like kind of across from London way. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that how it is? Think of us that, yeah. yeah it's okay. six miles off the Thames estuary, basically. Got yeah. Because obviously they would use the Thames to navigate their way to London. Yeah, yeah. The German bombers in World War Two, so they'd fly up the Thames estuary. Mm. And they shot down a fair few of them, didn't they? Three hundred, three hundred aircraft. This fort in particular shot down. Ruff's Tower. It had radar equipment, two 40mm anti-aircraft guns, and but it was abandoned by the Royal Navy in 1956, with the threat of invasion long over, and even the French not up for a decent scrap anymore. We thought, well, why man it? This artificial island on the high seas has been the site of a pirate radio landing pad, a takeover, a controversial declaration of independence, a coup, and its own miniature war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The structure sea is built on, like I said, is very, basically a very large sunken ship. Built in 1942 on a pontoon barge, a superstructure two hollow concrete towers topped with a deck upon which other structures could be added. The twin towers were divided into seven floors each, which provided dining and sleeping accommodations and storage areas for generators and munitions. And when it was completed, three tugboats towed it out of, to the rough sand sandbar, six miles off the coast, where its pontoon base was deliberately flooded to allow the structure to settle on the sea floor. Oh, it's on a sandbar so, as well, to be fair. Looks like there's a proper architectural picture of it, like a, a working drawing. Yeah. Might be able to figure it out a bit better. Oh yeah, look at that. We are taking most of our inspiration for this episode from the History of Sealand on the damninteresting.com website. It's our guide. But yeah, there's a picture on there if you want to look at it. I suppose if you type in pontoon forts and World War Two, you'll find something. So that would have been standing. Does it say how... What, has it got its dimensions there? How tall is it, like, from the bottom of the pontoon to the top? Well, it can't be that tall, otherwise it should be too top-heavy, wouldn't it? Are there, are there dimensions on the right? On the right pillar? Well, yes, they seven, are. If they're split into seven floors, you can... Assume that, you know, there's doors in each floor, so a person's got to get through so it. So you're talking a couple of metres per floor. Yeah. So what, seven floors is there? Yep. 14 metres. 14, 15. So you're talking about a good 20 metres worth. Oh, and the base, remember, as well. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to have seen something like that, wouldn't it? So that you can imagine that would have just been floating above water on the original pontoon. Yeah. Crazy tall fucking structure. <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have built it in the in the yard, wouldn't they? And then yeah. like cast it Towed off. Towed like, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they've gone along, got a pen knife, <laughs> <laughs> in the pontoons. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. I think more of us should live at sea. I am. Um, I really like this kind of shit because it's British en- ingenuity in World War Two. Yeah. We had guys in sheds thinking of ideas that went into mass production as war-winning weapons and. And this is a really cheap idea, easy way. Really yeah. simple, cheap way to fortify your coastline. Because you know for a fact there would have been other countries thinking of this kind of thing, and they would have been working out how to build it in the water. Well, Do you know what I mean? Like there will be other people that have done that. But they've built it into the water instead of we've gone. Well, the Germans built, built it first. The <laughs> Germans just built the Atlantic Wall, didn't they? Mm. They didn't even bother putting anything out at sea. They just had the Atlantic Wall get through there. And what was that then? The line of fortifications ran from Norway all the way along to the south of France. Mm. It was designed to stop us invading. Obviously, strongest at certain invasion points, like Calais, was the most heavily fortified because it's yeah. the shortest trip yeah. from the Channel to, from England to France. But obviously, we confounded them by landing at Normandy instead of the widest part of the Channel, mm. which wasn't so heavily fortified. But so yeah, we went for this because at the end of the day we needed cheap solutions. You know, we're on our own at this point. Yeah. Oh, happy treason day to our American listeners. We're recording this just after July 4th. So, happy belated, Independence Day, guys. Belated happy treason day, you ungrateful colonials. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hope you have a good one. Once Rough Tower's wartime duties were done and the Royal Navy cleaned it out, 
It sat unoccupied for a number of years and its first new tenants appeared sometime in 1967 when a group of pirate radio broadcasters operating out of nearby anchored ships, i.e. Radio Caroline, Cool. If anyone's ever seen The Boat That Rocked or is aware of the Radio Caroline story, basically, in Britain, in 1967, you had the BBC. And that yep. was it. That no was one it. else. Nobody it's else. allowed. <laughs> and BBC Radio only played pop music once a week for an hour. So if you wanted to go a young teenager in Britain and you didn't want to listen to someone going, this is the BBC World Service, <laughs> every night, you tuned into a pirate radio station. And, and they'd operate off the shores, wouldn't they? They'd operate off the shores, just inside the British water. Yeah, when, they re- when they realised that the only way they could do it and get away with it, because obviously yeah. for years they were just getting... They'd be doing it in different buildings, wouldn't they? And then they'd have, like, look at... They would have lookouts, wouldn't they? Yeah. And they'd be like, right, quick, they're coming in, Pedro! <laughs> Everyone would pack, pack the equipment up. It's going to be... Has yeah. anyone ever seen people just do nothing? No, BBC comedy no. series about a pirate radio station in Brentford. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's fucking great if you get to see it. It's well funny. Right. But yeah, since combat that, everyone started using ships. And obviously, and Caroline yeah. was the ship. It was an old merchant ship that they either bought or nicked or whatever. I forget, to be fair. More than likely nicked. It was a rusting <laughs> fucking hawk, in all fairness. But they got it going and got it out to sea. Eventually, it sank. <laughs> When a group of private radio broadcasters operating out of nearby anchored ships wanted a place to land their resupply helicopters. Mm. But in September of that year, a competing pirate broadcaster named Roy Bates physically evicted Rough Tower's illegal tenants and became a squatter himself. (laughs) Roy Bates had previously operated a low-power station called Radio Essex for another sea barge, but it had been within the three-mile area of British legal controls and he'd been caught and fined. So he and his 15-year-old son Michael gathered up the equipment, hauled it out to Ruff's tower, and after a bit of a fight, took over control. <laughs> this, is, this is what I was wanting to know when you said at the beginning how they had taken it by force, essentially, physically evicted. How? What, what, did, what well, happened? What did they do? Did they go Prince, with guns? Or Prince Roy always bats? seems to have a fucking shotgun somewhere, and Sealand itself nowadays literally does have racks of weapons. Yes. Yeah on standby and he's ex-military and he's an ex-military guy Roy Bates was the youngest major in the British Army at one point he is quite a character let's say I like the guy actually watched an interview with him on the documentary Mike sent over and he's like look I would you know, like, would you ever do anything to harm the interests of Britain he's like look I was raised as a Brit raised as an Englishman and a Brit served in the British Army I'd never do anything to hurt the country the Argentinians wanted him to fucking during the Falklands War, wanted him to give them sea land so they could, like, move shit up. And he was like, no. <laughs> no. Not doing that. And he stood firmly as everyone that's trying to take this platform off him. I'll give him that. <laughs> I think Michael, his son, has also had a fucking tremendous life just tagging around with his mad dad. <laughs> I mean, he's 15 years old. Here's a shotgun, Michael. We're going to store an off-sea, off-sea platform. Yeah, but he's got to spend most of his life living on that thing. Now, Claire said it. Wouldn't it be great if everyone lived out at sea? Yeah, if it's a Pacific Ocean. Nice and calm and warm most year round. Not the North Sea. No. It's no. gusty. Gale Force 9 <laughs> winds in most of the winter. So you're a prisoner in a concrete tube under the sea <laughs> for most of the year. Um, it's a 20 to 30 minute flight by helicopter from uh, a London airport. And that's if the helicopter can land because of the wind. Right. Why do they get food in like them? They fish and they have resupply flights, obviously. And boats. I've and boats. boats that, but yeah. even, to get, even nowadays, to get up there by helicopters preferred... Because by boat, their winching system is still really primitive, so it's just you standing on the cargo net, holding onto the rope as they winch you out the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Onto the platform. Onto the platform. Sounds like an adventure to me, that does. I'd be like Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Should we go and take it ourselves? Let's do it. No, they're armed to the teeth. Not a chance. (laughs) We'd never get that kind of firepower. Do you think they still are? Yes, they are, yeah. Rifles, shotguns. I've not seen anything recent their, on it. Most of their guards, they have certain guards. I think they, they say they're six guards in the summer and three in the winter, something like that. Yeah. Always armed on yeah. deck, just in case. Who's going to take it these days? Oh, the, the, gov- the government in exile, but we'll get to it. 
The tower never did become home to pirate radio, however, as English laws changed soon thereafter to make seaborne pirate transmissions illegal even outside of the three-mile radius. Mm. Nevertheless, Roy Bates maintained his control of Ruff's Tower and declared it the Principality of Sealand, a sovereign independent state. And this was after consorting with an attorney who found a loophole allowing Roy to claim the fort due to the fact that it was in international waters and that it was up for grabs due to, quote, dereliction of sovereignty. <laughs> Since it was outside of England's legally controlled area, there was nothing the Royal Navy could do about this, but they did demolish another fort that stood beyond the three-mile boundary to prevent a similar takeover there and apparently shouted, You're next! <laughs> as they uh, sailed off. Bloody Navy. Took out his neighbours or potential. Maybe. I think that one was abandoned, yeah. It could have been, you could have had like little platform wars, it could have gone terrible. <laughs> yeah. The following year, the legitimacy of this self declared state would be put to the test when Michael Bates fired a warning shot at a British Trinity house vessel which approached a tower. And this led to Roy Bates' arrest when he would next arrive on the mainland. The case against Roy and Michael Bates was brought to court with well, a judge ruled that Sealand was outside of British jurisdiction, therefore no ruling could be made against them for their actions. Mm -hmm. And the authorities decided not to appeal this ruling, as it may have led to an undesirable precedent, which is the whole point of this. If second they drag him into court, they recognise Sealand. Yeah. Because whatever <laughs> he does out there, if the British government says, well come to court on the mainland, alright, well I'm Prince Michael of Sealand and you don't have to address me, so that's my name, mm. that's my title, and they have to recognise Sealand, which the British government has never done. Yeah. So, they've basically got a fucking, they've got, they've got a free hand, essentially. Yeah, for a loophole, legal mm -hmm. loophole. Now things were relatively calm for a time after that, and Roy was approached by a few shady groups seeking to use his platform for their own ends, including smugglers. But he turned them all away, insisting he'd do nothing to harm the UK, and they proclaimed the constitution of the Principality in 1975 on his wife's birthday, Princess Joan. She was given the title on her birthday, I'm sure. Claire, you'd like that if Jamie bought an oil rig and declared you a princess on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wave at all the passers-bars. The seagulls. Claire's <laughs> walking through Telford Town Centre like going... <laughs> Everyone's like, we'd be, what? On, we'd be on a sea vessel. Oh, so if he bought one, yeah, you'd just, just go move there, that'd be it. Well, yeah. she, Princess Joan, used to go back to the UK to visit her mates because they all make trips to the UK for supplies and shopping and the fact that you're stuck on a fucking oil rig, to be fair. Yeah. And she would like, she'd meet her friends. Rich, I'm guessing, they were fairly wealthy, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, he was an ex army general, was he? Major. Major. So, but you've still got to be, he's of that class. He's of officer class. And living was a hell of a lot cheaper in them days. Also true. She was, oh yeah, like, my friends take the mick and they call me princess and all that. Because like, we kind of have fun with it. And I like that. It's just, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd do a Phoebe, I would, if I was there. Like, I'd be like, well, if I'm going to be a princess, you might as well mech it all the way and I'd go for like Consuela Banana Hammock or something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So they developed a flag, a national anthem, postage stamps, currency and passports in the following years. And the national seal was designed to incorporate Sealand's national motto of Emer Libertas, meaning from the sea, freedom. It's a pretty badass crest as well. There's yeah. two dragon bodies with lion heads, a knight under the crown that's on the... They have just gone like, right. Is that a fist? A fist holding uh, lightning bolts. They, they have just gone like, right, what's the coolest fucking shit we can put on yeah. our emblem? Let's have a bit well, of everything. I want a dragon. Oh, I want a lion. Oh, I want some lightning and fists. And Is that a big orb on the top? Looks, I think it's a sun. Uh, it looks like that orb that, remember when Trump went to Saudi Arabia? Mm. And pondered his orb? And the, yeah, and they all like... Put their hands on that orb. Do you remember that, Pete? I never saw that. <laughs> what the fuck was that all about? It looked like fucking evil, like... Sauron or something. Yeah. yeah. They pondering the orb, Mike. <laughs> Looks like one of them. It, it does look a bit like the Eye of I Sauron, think, actually. It, it is, I think it's the sun, because it's yellow. Or it's the Eye of Sauron, mixed with Thor. And it's with a, a mailed fist holding lightning bolts. That, that, that's the Thor part. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure Warhammer 40,000 nicked that bit off them. 
Mm. <laughs> Seems familiar. Yeah, so in the August of 1978, so ten years after independence, Prince Roy at this point, because he's a principality, so it's Prince Roy, Princess uh, Joan and Prince Michael, were approached by a consortium of German and Dutch diamond merchants mm. who wanted him to fly to Austria to entertain a business proposition. Upon their arrival, he and his wife Joan were met by five men who arranged for a meeting later that day. The meeting time came and went without any word from the men. Concerned, Roy and his wife tried to make contact with their son Michael at Sealand. And since there was no phone or radio on the artificial island, they had to call local fishermen and the Coast Guard. One of the fishermen reported, I saw a big helicopter hovering over Sealand. That's just things that sort of look suspicious. Mm. Their worries were confirmed when they finally heard from Michael many days later, and he made a, an interesting mistake as being a good host. Mm. <laughs> so this helicopter touches down. These guys get off. He grabs a pistol. Good, yeah. Goes outside. They say, oh, we're, we're associates with your father. We're here to discuss a business deal. And we're waiting for your dad to come back. So he's like, okay, all right. And he knows his dad's gone to business. There's no, you know, the communication's shoddy at best. You've got to line fishermen to shout things from boats. So he um, goes into the kitchen to get these guys uh, a whiskey. You know, he's being a good host. And they just shut the door behind him and lock him in. Uh, right. And these guys were armed, so, you know, there's no shooting your way in that scenario. They locked him in the cell after that for three days, let food and water, then put him on a Dutch vessel, which dropped him off in Holland with no money. Upon landing, they took the assistance of the Prime Minister that Roy had appointed, a man named Alexander C. Ackenbach, who was a lawyer. Ackenbach's an interesting one. He was appointed, basically Roy appointed him to go out there and say, look, we've got this constitution. Can you recognise us? Like to other countries. They wanted recognition as a country. Yeah. So he's made Prime Minister. He then decided he should just take the place. It's a coup. You've got a coup going on mm. over a fucking oil platform. It's like 36 feet long or something daft like that. Or wide. 36 feet wide or something like that. It's ridiculous. There is money tiny. to be made there, isn't there? Off know, the so coast, yeah. yeah. But remember, I think it's a little short-sighted because the second you start smuggling diamonds into Britain or whatever, off, the, off this thing. Royal Navy's just going to show up and blow it up, aren't they? Surely. It's not, it's not Roy's anymore, it's not Prince Roy's anymore, because it's been taken by someone else. It's been taken over by criminals. So they'd be well within their rights just to freaking cruise missile it, wouldn't they? I don't know, maybe they'd forget they're Interpol. <laughs> Different country, isn't it? I yeah. suppose so. Yeah, I don't know. They'd have to consider that. The thing is, it's almost like Britain having another Cuba. It's like Britain's Cuba off its, off its coast, isn't it? Yeah. If you think about it. Who knows who these guys are going to sell that platform to? Well, surely Prince, what's his name, is going to get it back, isn't he? Well, yes. Yes, he does. They enlist armed assistance, presumably from some of Prince Roy's army mates, ex-army mates. Some henchmen. So the Prime Minister <laughs> seized the platform with a group he, of mercenaries. He went, he, so it was planned from the inside then, basically. Yeah. So given this guy power of being the prime minister of the place, and you go right <laughs> now, I'm going to take advantage of this. You two nice people. Well, that's it because Prince Roy's declined smugglers and and the Argentinians and various other people who want to use it for nefarious purposes. Yeah. And this guy's thought, well, you know what? Let's get rid of him, and we've got a fucking we can make some money here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got armed assistance from a group of Prince Roy's army mates, including a helicopter pilot who'd done work on the James Bond movies. Uh. Yeah. And they headed back to Sealand to storm the fortress and take back their country. Yeah. So they're coming in, choppers. <laughs> they, they have to fast rope a hundred feet down because the wind's that bad. Right, so they're, they're literally just down the rope, hundred feet. Michael lands on the deck with a shotgun. Accidentally fires a shot as he lands. <laughs> Right, what we call a negligent discharge. And everyone else, and they all surrender. <laughs> they obviously thought he meant business. That's it. So they all surrendered, and they were held of prisoners of war until their home countries petitioned for release. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. Apart from Ackenbach, who was kept in a cell for three months in the brig, mm-hmm. and he had to clean the toilets. He was only let out to clean the toilets and have a bit of a walk around the deck, and that was it. <laughs> See the rights issues there, innit? And then they dropped him off in Holland. Or they got the range when he dropped off in yeah. Holland. What can you do? You can't petition the UN because it's not recognised. 
can't petition Britain because they don't own it. Well, that's why you'd have to recognise it and reach But as soon as you recognise it, then it's giving them legitimacy. It's giving them what they want. Mm. It's a catch-22, isn't it? Yeah. Of course it is. The second you recognise the fact they exist, they gain recognition as a nation, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing that's bugged the British government for fucking years. Their sovereignty and legitimacy are not recognised by any traditional states, although it is perhaps the best-known micronation in the world, even though its inhabitable area is only 550 square metres. It's quietly tolerated by the UK, which still thinks it should own the sandbar in which one Sealand sits. Although recent declassified documents show the UK drafted plans to take the tower by force over 30 years ago. Hmm. But such plans were not implemented due to the potential for loss of life and the public relations disaster that would have followed. Hmm. Yeah, because people had died. You started. You well, they'd, they'd have made up some nonsense about it, wouldn't they? Yeah. They'd, they'd have made out they were some kind of fucking crazy killer cult or something. Well, and You'd be sending Royal Marines to storm. What is another tech? Well, who knows what it is in this scenario? They argue they are their rogue. Well, we we give it up yeah. in the first place. It's a bit embarrassing. It's like, oh shit, we want it back. You know. Yeah. Our government abandoned it. Yeah. And was like, ah, fuck it. We don't need it anymore. Well, I don't know. It's basically just a bit of a thorn in Britain's side, really. It's kind of sat there. Bit of an embarrassment in it. It's like, oh shit, we can't do anything about that. Well, they should have dismantled it when they had the chance, shouldn't they? You know, when they just disowned it. They should have, but I guess you've got to look at uh, defence spending in 1960-something Britain was not exactly high, so demolishing these things wouldn't have been a, a yeah. priority. Yeah, definitely not. They probably thought it wouldn't last that much longer. That's yeah. also true. And they probably didn't count bank on anybody fucking <laughs> taking it as a home. Well, exactly. That's also another thing. I mean, who really knows that's there, apart from a few fishermen? And who's got the money to, to get them helicopters or get that boat in and, and, you know... That's it. I mean, they did ransom that guy, what was his name again, the Prime Minister, back as well for, like, 36,000. <laughs> so, I mean, and they, I mean, their main income now is uh, cockle fishing. Yeah, so they keep going. And they sell titles. And coins. Coins. Primitive coins. You can buy a yard of sea land for ten years, should you want to. You become a lord and lady of sea land. What? Yes, are you allowed to visit? I guess. They are a bit strict on visitors. If you become you. a lord or lady. You have to take your passport with you, they stamp it. Okay. You know, you go through customs and everything. <laughs> God, I wonder if you get some smoke inside on there. I don't know. Depends if the prince is a smoker or not. Yeah, it depends on the law that he's set, innit? Yeah, you go, Prince, Prince Michael, can I have a cig or what? I can't lie the fag in a Force 9 gale! <laughs> <laughs> Now, I reckon if there were smokers on there, they'd have they'd have like some little smoking area, wouldn't they? They'd have to have. I mean, you saw, you saw the, the, the 1980s travel video of Sealand, which was fantastic, by the way, just for the... You can check it out on YouTube, list of it. I can't remember what the fucking it's called now. It's like a 1980s British travel guide to Sealand. It's, <laughs> it's a bit 10 minute long video, but it was so gloriously 1980s, it was fantastic. He looked drab inside. They interviewed that bloke, didn't they? Yeah. He's like, oh, I can't see me ever leaving. I love it here. And he's missing it. Oh, we've got the wife here for company. Mm -hmm. Never interviewed her, though. Mm. <laughs> I thought that. Why didn't they interview his wife? They cut that interview. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go home. Then again, they, they probably get trips back to the UK if they want fairly rare. There's a helicopter coming in on a resupply. You probably come in oh, once yeah. a week, every three days, something like that. You could have three days in the UK. You just go out with a chopper, couldn't you? Come yeah, back but I mean, it's a bit of a cushy life, isn't it? You're a guard. If you're there, a guard? Yeah, that's what I mean. You get, you're getting bored and you're getting fed and everything. I'd imagine the diet's not particularly varied. Like cockles, I'd imagine. <laughs> a lot of sea fish. fish. <laughs> yeah, if they're getting regular food supply drops kind of thing. I bet it's all like canned and preserved though, isn't it? I mean, a right. little bit of fresh. Yeah. Smash. Instant mash, God, I love instant mash, but I'm going. I don't know, potatoes last a couple of weeks. Mm. Right conditions. Few months. Yeah. We had them on the submarine for about two months before we started getting the smash, the instant potatoes. Oh, the bit of smash. Yeah, it was about a good, Me two, too. good two months into it, 
the apples and the uh, the taters. That, that it was like the end of it. Was like right, these are your last apples, lads. Oh no, no more we had scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had plenty of like fresh orange juice and shit like that. Yeah. Though, so and then it was all frozen. You had frozen eggs as well. Eggs in a milk carton, basically. That's what it looked like. Wow. So it's just it is literally just eggs in a milk carton, but that gets frozen. And that, so you still have pretty much fresh eggs. Wow, eggs frozen in milk. No eggs frozen in a milk carton. Uh, yeah, in a, milk. yeah, it's like a milk carton. If it, that's the only eggs. way I can just that bit. Yeah, it's full of runny egg. He's like tipping out like. Oh, that's that's why they make the scrambled egg at McDonald's. They, they look in, look like milk cartons. And you just yeah. tip it out, and then you do the back and forward motion to make. <laughs> <laughs> Other Scramble burger egg. franchises are available. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, Sealand's electrical generators are now tasked with powering the service the Haven Comb. That's uh, so they make some more money. A data hosting services company which was started on Sealand in the year 2000 and the Bates are leasing the country exclusively to Haven Co. Limited which offers unparalleled security and independence to users who wish to take advantage of its internet co-location services. I'm guessing you use a different server, don't you, off the main... So you, don't, you don't use Google, Mike, you use DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. You don't go through normal internet channels. Your, your, you, you, all your you information is on like a secure VPNs. server. The VPN. VPN, that's, that's it, a VPN. It. I remember Ian used to do that. Yeah. He used to do... Vi- so he could watch the American... Uh, Netflix, Netflix and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Japan is so much better than the UK version. They have more. Yeah. They do, but they have less in the sense because there's a lot of, like, the British stuff isn't on there. Mm. Yeah. So they have more American in the stuff. sense that it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Apparently there's no smoking or drinking allowed in Sealand. Well, yeah. That's a bad question then. If there's no drinking, why was he going to pour him a whiskey? Then maybe they keep it for guests. Who knows? Maybe it's only for the, the princess of the prince. Mm. Yeah, you don't want your population getting pissed and rebelling against you, do you? Especially with them firearms lying around. falling off the edge. Of the or falling platform. off the edge. That's probably the main reason. Yeah. Because you're going to piss off the edge at some point, aren't you? And if you're drunk, is, you're going to piss off the edge. That wind's going to gust and you're going to go straight over. You're a bit unsteady as it is, you know, that backwards and forwards, unsteadily drunk piss. Before you know it, gust of wind, you're off the edge. Didn't say they're not allowed hash brownies, though. It's true, valid point. So no smoking or drinking. No one is allowed in more than three five-minute showers per week in the interest of conserving fresh water, which most of it is collected in the rain, I guess. Hmm. That travel documentary said that there was 36 people on, and that was when that was made. I'm guessing it stayed around that. So it was only 150 to 300 when it was in operations, that? Or yeah, when it was in operation, there was about anywhere from 150 to 300 people stationed, Navy personnel stationed on there. Now there's about 36-ish. And that's, would have cramped with 300, wouldn't it? Yeah, and 36 is enough to be a, a mini-nation. Yeah, yeah micro-nation. Micro-nation. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's got no right not to be as it. It's in international waters. There's a bunch of people that live there that recognise themselves as Sealanders. They have passports, they have currency, mm. they have a nationality, there's a flag, there's an anthem, and they are, they've got a football team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Believe it or not, they've got a football team. Where the fuck do they play on the top? They've so. got 72-year-old Frank in goal. Ball's gone in the, in the ocean again. Oh, shit. Yeah, oh, well, maybe They obviously practice their skills on a Sabutio. <laughs> just playing FIFA yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean it will be, it was anyone to deny them being a nation is my thing yeah, oh, I, I suppose them. there isn't a number on it is there how many I mean, no, need to be a nation and that's it I mean as long as I suppose look at the Falklands you know there wasn't a massive population there but they considered themselves British enough for us to retake it mm. I mean, this is in international waters. They've all gone to live there willingly and say, we're part of this, this is us, we're Sealand, we're Sealanders. There's my Sealand passport. This is all the, the red tape you want from me to get into places. Ironically, the government in exile, 
produce over 300 Sealand passports as fakes and give them to criminals, <laughs> which led to a lot of trouble for them. And Prince Walker's like, that's why they don't issue them anymore. I thought you'd have to have them specially made, you know, the, you know, especially these days. And the, the prince would know exactly who he's handed them out to. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, Prince Michael's there still, as far as we're aware. No, it says it, no original royalty oh. on the residence. That's no, so he's got to get on a bit, hasn't he? The caretaker that lives there now, with guards. A caretaker? Yeah. I guess they'll pass it on to whoever. If they're kids, I guess them. Well, who's... Paying the guards. They are. They're living there. They're getting the food just supplied to them. They're getting paid. I guess they have to buy certain things to keep the economy going. But they get money, don't they, from selling these coins and <clears throat> yeah, right. these titles. Nothing pays for their food supplies, I guess. And the cockle fishing. So he, he's moved back to... Yeah, because of health reasons. Because he's old. And yeah. Yeah. Where's Michael gone? But there, that's him, yeah. That's Michael, yeah. Well, oh. it's saying so, but there's some big changes in store. They potentially, been potentially increasing the size of it to allow for a hotel slash casino resort, but I don't think it should. Oh, I think it should. I think it will. <laughs> should that be ace? No, the slides coming out of it. No, it'd be terrible. No, it's the North Sea, darling. It would literally <laughs> be. No one's going to want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's you're six you're miles. Six miles out. In the cold. winter, it's 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 cold. It's it's very cold. Summer, it'll be alright. Mm. Just about. Still not warm. It'd be warmish, wouldn't no, it? No, would it fuck the water? Would still be yeah. plastered freezing in the Oh, summer. the water, yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, you get some sun. Still between here. You and might get France. a few weeks in the height of summer. That's Even about it. then, unless you're only within like a, a hundred. Well, I was saying that's quite shallow water, actually, isn't it? There, clearly. Mm. They said it was a big sandbank, didn't they? Yeah, I suppose with the shallow water, because obviously you go. I'm not, yeah. I'm not diving into it. Okay, <laughs> I think let's do what Dubai did, yeah, and build, build up that sandbank, yeah. and it can be like the resort and beach. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sinking? I don't know. I think it might be. I'm not sure. Well, it will do for sea levels rise, won't it? Oh yeah, and because it's all made out of it, like cause it, they tr- like sort of dredge up the sand from over here with a a big sort of barge, and then move it over to make that p- big palm tree, aren't they? It's you know, beautiful. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like they go out the back garden onto the beach. Obviously, it's yeah. Oh, it's yeah. one of the best engineering feats done in the last twenty years. It's fantastic. You know, surely we could do something like that. Yeah, we've got to have the money and the political will, and no one wants to take that gamble at the moment. And it's not, you know. We're not in Dubai either. It's not ours either, is it? They'd have to fund it themselves or get outside funding. It would be independent funded, wouldn't it? It would do. No, all they'd have to do is fucking sell it to a big casino resort people that are billions. I know. Do you know what I mean? I prefer it to be just fucking. I've got that idea. Ben, sell it to progress. Sell it to Elon <laughs> Musk. He can turn it into a new launch pad. <laughs> no, he'll turn on us. What do you think? Elon, do you think he's gonna? You think he's gonna go crazy with yeah. a supervillain? Yeah. You know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me. Although he's uh, rocket. Then we need. Then we're gonna need like. This is when Bill Gates is actually Iron Man, isn't he? Do you think? E- Elon's gonna be the villain, and he, it's gonna be next. Next guy down is Bill Gates, isn't it? He's the mastermind of evil, isn't he? I thought Elon was. No, no, no. no, no. So it's Bill Gates Palpatine. Bill, yes. Bill, yes, Bill Gates is the overall. Is Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. According to conspiracy theory, so, and then you've got uh, Elon is Darth Vader. Our own yeah. conspiracy theory we're just making up right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people seem to think Bill Gates is really evil. No, I think he's yeah. strong. I've yeah, never looked yeah. into this too he's much. He's done some pretty to. shit things in India. Hasn't he's, he the farmers? he's banned from going to India and things like that. Really? He's killed thousands of fucking kids and things like that. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah? Testing out vaccines. Well, no, on I don't know. Oh, come on, that's, that's launching because basically... I don't know whether these are true or not, but trust me, All there's right, you plenty know of articles out there that say this kind of thing about well, okay. it. Okay, add it to your list and we'll look at it. Okay, okay. Yeah. add it to your list and we'll look at but it. But he has so. definitely scammed the Indian farmers. They were having massive protests, yeah. weren't they, which is really unreported yeah. in the West, by the way. Because he he's bought the land and he said that you've got to use my equipment and all my seeds and everything. And 
you know, and obviously the the farmers are poor as it is. They can't afford to rent these seeds and the equipment and shit. I have to look into it, but yeah, it's pretty fucked we up. We will look into it. There was something to do with land as well as like, I can't remember, but yeah. Anyway, let's get into the government in exile. The government in exile is an esoteric right-wing radical and anti-Semitic government. <laughs> so we definitely don't want them fuckers getting control of Sealand. Their, their website six miles. Their back. website has like fucking UFOs powered by the Vril. Do you know what Vril is, guys? It's this element that the Nazis thought was going to power everything it's a cosmic elemental force that's it a cosmic elemental force and they reckon they used it in Atlantis and things yeah oh mate it's, this is just too mental for words yeah go on so in Germany a group belong this is Google translated so it's not going to be fantastic so in Germany a group belonging to the Reich citizens movement claims control of the Sealand fortress the group has therefore proclaimed a self-appointed government in exile which is based on a Westphalian tone of Rita Weidenbruch, who is the residence of the main activist, Johann Sieger, and a former chicken farm in Trevin, Brandenburg. <laughs> the Federal Republic of Germany is not regarded as a state by this government in exile on the grounds that it was in breach of international law and perished in the course of reunification. The FDR was East Germany, was it not? No, 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 it wasn't. No, the Westphalian, it still could be in the East, couldn't no, it? No, 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 I'm wrong. The East German state was like the Democratic Republic of Germany. Because communists always think democratic in front of a name, don't they? <laughs> yeah, the federal one is, is the, the West. The group operates a Vrilia government commission, which refers to world dynamicism. And Vril energy is a cosmic elemental force. I'm quoting this, by the way, people, everyone... The and, uh, and the rebirth of Atlantis, according to a Reich working group, <laughs> the coming Germany. <laughs> uh, right, okay. A real technology could be used in Formula One. <laughs> Quality. But <laughs> the Red Bull racing team was offered to use three Vril generators. That was in 2015. <laughs> Sorry, what, what's a Vril again? Oh God, this cosmic chemical that ties into Nazi occultism and powers UFOs and right. we need to do an episode on Vril. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we did mention it a long, 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 long time ago. It might have been our first ever episode. I want to find some. And that's right. like how many episodes are we in now? It's Vril. The activists guaranteed the Red Bull Racing Team first to third place in the championship ranking for the 2015 racing season when using such generators. <laughs> and in addition, according to Sealand activists, there are still allegedly still in use Reich flying discs of Nazi flying saucers. The <laughs> okay. construction plans in the hands of the Sealand group. Yep, and they also know the locations of said flying discs and they can get the Vril to power them. On their websites, the self-proclaimed government in exile is Adrian Uman, Johann Sieger as Prime Minister, and Josef Bayer as Foreign Minister, and Wolfgang Ebel as Commissary Right Government. <laughs> uh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit Nazi-ish though, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Translation isn't great because it's translated from German. It is. I've had to sort of skip through it a little bit and make sense of what I can. <laughs> They're a bit mental. Well, <laughs> Sealand, the, 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 the really guy, the British Sealand guy, just like, let's sell some titles and coins. <laughs> These guys are advocating Nazi flying saucers and Vril. They wanted one million euros and they'd give Red Bull the power of Vril. <laughs> I mean, so, so basically everyone else is driving He's, around the track, hold on, and all of a sudden Red Bull just switch on the Vril generator. <laughs> And just sort of like Back to the Future. Eh? <laughs> I want to see. You know, remember the first Men in Black movie? Yeah. When he's like, you know that red button. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't ever press the red button. He's like, you know that red button. Press it. And the back of the car just turned into a massive rocket, yeah. and they go upside down. I want that to be it. Well, that's kind of what I'm imagining. I was imagining sort of back body, you know. That's what I'm imagining. That's why I, I want to get some. The rest of it is for only a million euros, which is, let's face it. Four call to a Formula One team, a million euros. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're promising them first to third. 
My thing is being. Do. I think they're being generous. <laughs> I think. I think it's lie. a terrible deal. I'm it's a terrible it. deal, about it. A million euros is we can get you first at the. A terrible deal for who? The Sealand government in Exmo? Yeah, I know. Yeah. They yeah. should be getting like a hundred million. Yeah. yeah. We'll guarantee you first and third, give us a hundred million. Why yeah, film technology? No, it's a one million euros. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit, a bit Doctor Evilish, mm. isn't it? Oh shit. First to third. <laughs> I mean, we can me. guarantee you third place. <laughs> If but we fly in, I expect it to be first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I guess it's a rule in Formula 1 that all cars have to be stuck to the track. Well, then you can't use it then, can you? No, you can, because you can just use it. No, you use the rule to just fucking boom! Past them, didn't you? New, night, it's like, it, think of it, it'd be like a they night system. They hovering flying discs, don't they? Yeah, but how fast do those go? So maybe... So how fast can a car go? Is it Haas? Haas? No. Alpine... Who's the fucking team that Bottas and no, I show no Formula One is a mystery to me. <laughs> no, I was wondering whether they've taken on this real technology because he flew the other day. Did we mm. not see that crash that happened at the British Formula One? Oh, I heard about it, but I didn't Ooh, see it. I know the one yeah, driver stopped his car and jumped out and went to help him. That was oh, quite Joe, nice. Joe Guanyu went into George Russell, or George Russell went into Joe Guanyu. That car's hit. Yeah, and. He literally flipped over and then was just spinning on its roof. Wow. I think you think Formula One car, my god, how lucky they invented the halo system because if not, psh, game, yeah. end game for him that day. Is it called the Iron Halo? It's just the halo system. Oh, I don't know what Iron Halo is, one of 40,000, sorry. <laughs> but there's uh, a force field. But no, it definitely flew. So I'm well, wondering whether they've been taking on this real technology. I Maybe think, someone's I don't think it's real, Pete. I know, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, where's the proof of this real technology thing? Well, the, like, the, the, the Nazis allegedly had it and didn't win the war. I think we can assume that this is crap. <laughs> well, if they yeah, had flying saucers in 1944, they'd have won the war. We actually covered this on our very first episode. Wow. Did you? Put into the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. World War II occultism, because we couldn't say Nazi in the title. Right, yeah. Yeah, shocking. Mm. So what do you think? Zealand, I think they should stay as they are, keep us a micro nation, get more money in, you know, through like hosting servers and shit like that. Fuck it, don't sell out to casinos, don't become capitalist whores. Can't stop progress. I think casinos, I think slides, resort. resorts, I think some kind of resort. Build it up, make it. Who wants a resort like that? For this? Airbnb it, fuck it. Lots of people would. Imagine that. It's, it's almost oh, like having we're off a, to see land. We're like going to take our passports. It's it, like Brosley, isn't it? It could be like. <laughs> it could almost be like going on a cruise, but not having to deal with rough seas and bobbing around and seasickness because mm. you're just on a sturdy platform, but you're in the middle of the ocean. So it could be grown but then it become corrupted and vile and horrible and just another shrine you don't think it's decadence you don't think it's corrupted already I think they're living there's a good good chance I'd rather them though than the Nazi guys well oh god yeah I don't want Nazi flying sauce on the coast of Britain Mike (laughs) that'd be a terrible idea I think it'd be a great wedding venue as well you know the sun going down and getting a picture in your wedding dress on a, on a Gale Force 9 windy fucking platform. Uh, the bride gets swept away to sea. The bride gets swept away you to could, sea. Yeah. You, you, couldn't wear, you couldn't wear the wedding dress with the, with the, with the um, what's it called, the thing behind it? The trail. The trail. Because you'd just be in a parachute, wouldn't it, in a like, Gale Force 9 wind? That'd be hilarious. If things would bribe me off like Mary Poppins. Come on, there'd be some nice days. A few in the summer, yeah. Well, I, I'm going for the stage you are. Liddy damn lives. Be, be free of the man. Don't sell out. Fucked up facts? Yeah. Yeah, mum. Alright. Team tune. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Facts. Beautiful. That wasn't bad, actually. Alright, here's some fucked up knowledge, Mike. In the USA, November the 6th is the official awareness day of Nachos saxophones and stopping shouting. What? The nachos I can get behind. Uh, saxophones I hate with a passion. Despise a saxophone. I like a saxophone. And what was the other one? Stopping shouting. Well, no one likes that. There's I love the show. Not stopping shouting. 
I'm down for the nachos. So what, what's it saying? You, you're not allowed to eat nachos on that day? No, no, no. It's the official awareness day of nachos. Awareness. To celebrate, I guess. Right. I was saying, but what, what do you need to be aware oh, of? I know. Like, uh, don't they agree? You'll probably find in America, thousands of children each year lose an eye because of a nacho. Because they're triangular. No. They're dangerous. Ninja stars. Yeah. It makes you wonder. <laughs> be I aware of I'm, I'm hoping it's a positive awareness no. day where everyone just eats nachos. I would imagine it is mm. like National Nacho Day where you must eat nachos. It is getting ridiculous now, isn't it? There's a day for everything. Fuck It's like the old medieval Saint Days, except now we've got corporations instead. Saint Starbucks Day. Yeah. Saint Nacho Day. Interesting. Has capitalism replaced religion, Mike? I think every day has got its own thing now. Capitalism, much, yeah, it has. It's the same religion, mate, now. It's profits, and now it's profits, aren't they? Yeah. Profits are profits. <laughs> you should do a song called that. Profits are profits. Spell it differently in the title. Profits with a f. <laughs> yeah. Not flushing a public toilet after you've used it is a crime in Singapore. So it fucking should be. Yeah, man. I hope you get a death penalty for it. <laughs> At my new job, there's a sign above the toilet saying if you do not clean the toilet, or if you make a mess of the toilet and don't clean it, it can be construed as gross misconduct. Really? <laughs> it says that in the toilet? It says that in the fucking toilet. I'll take a picture of it tomorrow and I'll show you. Never. It's fucking hilarious. The bogs at my place have got a fantastic sign entitled UK Bathroom Etiquette. Hmm. <laughs> and it has a series of pictures like Sit on the toilet seat. Do not stand on it. <laughs> Do not use the sink for washing any part of your body other than your hands and face. And stuff like that. Because we have a lot of immigrant workers. Let's say people from other countries. And they wash their ass in the Yep. Also, the yep. people have said they've walked in since one guy washing his dick in the sink. What? <laughs> Wrong, in it? So there's a little diagram up. And of course we have a lot of drivers as well from across the continent. There's a whole sign up in every toilet, UK bathroom etiquette. This is what you do, don't flush anything above the toilet roll and don't put it in a bin. Sit and have a shit. Sit and have a shit and don't put your toilet roll in there. You can flush in this country, it's fine. Be in the trough. The Romans built the sewers, it's fine. There's been poos in troughs and all sorts. Where? I used to work at an airport, at Cardiff Airport, there's been poos found in the troughs. (laughs) Not by me personally, (laughs) thank fuck. But no, there was poos found in the troughs. Oh, no, it was about that shit bucket I found in an abandoned tent to download one year. Yeah, lovely. Oh. That was the toilet tent then. Yeah. <laughs> we had a toilet tent. But it was just a bucket filled to the brim with shit. Oh, no. Like, no one had emptied it all weekend. That's oh. disgusting. Everyone was going to different tents, taking stuff. Ben thought his chances are. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for somewhere to have a fucking shit. Oh, you found the right place then. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. What did yeah. we do with that? How, how did we have our toilet tent? Was it even used as a toilet or did we just have it and be like, oh, it's a toilet tent. No, no we'll go in it because someone did shit in it and didn't get it, you know, in the bucket or whatever. Oh. <laughs> so we put a flag up, didn't we, and sort of like made another toilet out of uh, two, the sides of two tents and then a flag. Mm. Oh dear. But apparently the average Briton spends more time on the toilet than they do exercising. Can believe it? That's a terrible fact, isn't it, that? But I, I, don't, I don't mean it's a terrible fact, I mean that the fact itself that is awful, isn't it? It is. But you know, you get there, you get scrolling, or you start reading an article or I think it's all about the lack of exercise. Oh, the lack yeah, of exercise yeah, yeah. I was leading on to that. <laughs> you know, I'll spend at least seven minutes a day on the toilet playing my game on the phone. I said like a game takes but it's seven and a half minutes. Mm. So I'll spend at least that on the toilet at work. I mean, being a healthy, productive member of the team. To, you have to do it at work, obviously. Of course you do, because I just, I'm getting paid for it. The wise man shits on company's time. The fool shits on his own. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like an extra break, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Ten minutes sat on the throne. No one can say shit either. No one can say nope. anything like, you're not allowed to take ten minutes having a poo. It's like, why can't I? I was constipated. Or, yeah. you know... You've got a dodgy stomach. That's how long it you're takes me. <laughs> I've got a dodgy stomach, you're lucky I'm here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, 
Was that an offshoot from the first, for the first fact, was it? Or? No, just a separate fact. Mm. just happened to be... Toilet release? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dick crapper. <laughs> In gay slang, a friend of Dorothy is a gay man. I'm sure we've all heard that. We have? Yeah. During the 1980s, the US military conducted a massive investigation to find out who Dorothy was. I've heard that exact <laughs> fact, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yep, it's absolutely true. Because uh, right. in the 1980s, in the American Armed Forces... Even though technically homosexuality was still forbidden, there was a don't ask, don't tell policy. Mm. No one asked you and you didn't tell anyone. It was all oh, you were a friend of Dorothy, you became slang. Yeah. So, sailors, so, so who's this? of Oz, Judy Garland. The lion and the Tin Man have both got really gay voices, haven't they? I suppose they? they are very feminine, aren't they? Yeah, okay. It's not a very manly film, I suppose, as well, in no. that respect. No. Didn't Judy okay, Garland yeah. become a bit of a gay icon as well? Probably. I could be wrong on that. And so all the officers were hearing, who's that Dorothy? He's a friend of Dorothy. He's a friend of Dorothy. <laughs> Goes up the chain, and the, the yeah. general's like, we have to find out who this Dorothy is. Who the fuck is Dorothy? Because dies. Dorothy could be some kind of fucking spy mm. yeah. that's infiltrated agents throughout your entire navy. Mm. With or name. it could be gay slang. That's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is the shit the expense of that investigation. Maybe it was the 1980s American military budget. It was the American Navy budget. They had fucking hundreds of billions. They wanted a 600-ship Navy. Next fact. Yep. Yeah. Cat owners are called Dosnerfner in German. Dosnerfner. Okay. Dosnerfner. Does that translate literally to anything? Or? Yeah. It means can openers. Can openers? Yeah. Cat owners. Yeah, are called... Can, can openers in German. Oh, I see, because they're always owning cans they cans. Can I can I chuck a little funny fact in? Yeah. Shrimps have the ability to sneeze. Do they? Well, How fucking cool is that? Oh, a little shrimp underwater. Achoo! Little air bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're always cold because they're, they're living in cold water, aren't they? What's cold got to do with sneezing? It's got a little sneeze on. But yeah, you shrimps. When you're cold, you? Shrimps have the ability to sneeze. No, oh, our crackers is that. Yeah, I like it. And we'll end on this fact. In 2021, Americans streamed a total of 15 million years worth of content. Well, never. That's a lot of streaming. <laughs> 350 million Americans, roughly. What year? When? Last year. During 2021. Ah, well, there was a, a lot lockdown, of home time. lockdown, yeah, a lot yeah. of home time. That's what there. I was thinking. I, I watched a lot. <laughs> a porn? Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, and too. other non-porn-related material. That's that's all he was streaming, really. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of porn. <laughs> lot I bet of 10% porn. of that 15 million years was porn. I'd say higher. Uh, yeah, really? it's got a good, good few years. I don't know, a blockbuster film like two, oh, three hours, not going to sit there and watch porn for three hours, are you? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's done in little bits, isn't it? You know, you, you might, I don't know, I, I think uh, the porn would be higher. <laughs> be higher than the other content? Be higher than 10%. So be over 50%, okay. So how, how, many, many, how many years, did you say? 15 million years. I reckon five million of them. That's a third? I reckon yeah. five yeah, million. I, I, go I go with a third, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon not far off. Yeah, five million I go with a third. I go with a third is pornography. Years. <laughs> Shit, man. A lot of people at home, a lot of the time. Yeah. 50 million years. 15 million years. If it, sorry, 15 million years. I'm still going, I'm still going five Wait, that's mind-fucking-boggling. Yeah. That really is. Yep. Just a lot of it was Game of Thrones. Disappointed people. A lot of disappointed people at the end. So there's 350 million in America. That's mad then if you think about it. So if everyone watched half a year streamed worth. continuously for a year, that would be 350 million years worth of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that tells you that nearly half of their population streamed pretty much for that whole year. Yeah. How does that work? I'm lost in the maths. Let's just let's, <laughs> let's, let's not worry about it. Let's no, just say that a lot of it was porn. If it Let's was, go back to the original point. A lot of it was porn. If it was less, a than third. Half, it'd be more I'm, than a day. I will go with a third worth of porn for that year. Oh, easily. There's a lot of muscular right arms. That's <laughs> 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 tense. <laughs> <laughs> they ripped my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and that bombshell. <laughs> and that bombshell. I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't drink the flavour raid and don't join a call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Aim low, shoot high.